Before we are seated this morning, I just want to pray over this nation. If you could stand with me, close your eyes, bow your head, and lift a hand. God, we come to you right now in the midst of a troubled nation. This is nothing new, God. We've been troubled for a long time. Well before you came and went on the cross, we've been troubled. But God, we need to remember the glue to our peace. We need to remember how to operate in the midst of chaos, God. We just pray for peace right now in people's hearts, God. Of every background, every walk of life, we pray that no one strays from the Lord. God, we pray that we remember your truth in the midst of decision-making, God, that we, we do things in your image. We do things according to your will. And God, I just pray right now for all the storms in this nation to seize by the power of your blood that was shed on this cross in Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull. You didn't shed that for nothing. You shed it so that we might have life and more abundantly. And by the power of the blood of Jesus, I pray for peace right now over this world. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, you may be seated this morning. Today is very fitting for the season we're in. It's not a coincidence when certain Sundays fall in certain seasons. I used to think, oh, it's just a coincidence. Wow, that sermon fell on that Sunday. How did God know? That just was a coincidence until it happened again. And then it happened again. And here it is again. See, in the midst of the storm, you need the Spirit of God. And today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. 50 days past the Passover, the Passover lamb of Jesus Christ. We call it Easter Sunday. It's been 50 days. And now after God had told the apostles to go wait for a sign from heaven that you may be endued with power because without my power, you can do nothing of yourselves. You need my spirit. So he said, go and wait. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the birth of the church is born. Come on, somebody. If you know the word, just give them a shout right now. I know some of you know this word. The birth of the church was born as God first poured out his spirit on the body and the believers and they began to speak with tongues as the spirit gives utterance and sat on them like cloven tongues of fire the bible says remember john the baptist said he who is come who is before me has come after me he shall baptize you with fire and the holy ghost and this is that spoken by the prophet joel acts 2 the day of pentecost how many know he's still pouring out his spirit He's still speaking through his body. He never stopped. Amen. Come on, somebody. We need the spirit. We need the spirit. Well, that's weird. It's weird when God does something supernatural. I agree. But without the supernatural, we have no power in ourselves. And the Bible is the living, active word of God. And the New Testament never expire. We are living in the same days. As then, God is good. God is good. So that's what Pentecost Sunday is. So it's a big day. It's a big day in the church. It's the kickoff 
it's the, it's the football kickoff to the play that started a movement that transcends years, transcends lives, transcends boundaries for eternity. God's church was built. We want to thank you for all the continued Facebook check-ins and sharing the live experience and just all you've done during this Corona season. And we're going to be here in the basement. We're going to call this new church the basement. The basement. There's a few churches already called that, and I like it, and I think it's fitting since we're in the basement. It's not cool to say the basement. We're supposed to say lower level because it's finished and nice. But I call it the basement because we're underground. And so so we just want to thank you all for continuing to share and just promote God's word to those far from God. In a few more weeks, we're going to be back in our theater, and it's going to be awesome. But how good is God for what he's done in this season? This is just another step. You step, I step. It takes adversity to test your faith. And God has done some great pruning in this season to all of us. And we are grateful for that. So thank you for continuing to stick with us, stay with us. The power of staying in the season is how you grow. If you abandon ship, you never change. So thank you for that. But we've been in this series, excuse me. We've been in this series called walk this way you know with the Aerosmith clip I showed that in the beginning and we just kind of forgot the last couple weeks to show the clip but walk this way the first week very fitting for today we talked about walking in unity how do we unify together and we said it's got to be there has to be a common denominator a common backbone to unification and that is God's word we cannot stray from his word that is how we unify And then the second week, we talked about walking in love, that in order to be the body of Christ, we have to do all things in the love of God, because if it's not done in love, it won't be received and it can turn something with good intention into a pain point in your life and misreceived. And this week, we're going to go into week three, but I was just thinking, you know, how many like to have their kids sleep in their room and maybe they're like 30 now and that would be weird but my kids said they're never leaving so if they want to sleep over when they're 30 I guess on mommy and daddy's floor I guess I'll let them I don't know I don't know I might not like it because you know Caleb they all sleep over on Friday nights we have four kids Chloe Caleb Colton and Kaylee and uh or Chloe Chloe Caleb Taz and Tazette and and they always sleep over on Friday nights and Caleb you know he's nine years old and the kid hope he's not watching he still rocks himself to sleep so it's like every 15 minutes his head cracks the headboard and wakes daddy up and I'm just like whoa son I gotta preach tomorrow don't you have any you know well that's Fridays I gotta get in God's word I gotta be anointed through the weekend I gotta start feeling my flow and you cracking your head is 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 breaking my rhythm and then and then they're getting bigger and their bodies are like bigger and Chloe's like 10 and she's almost as big as her mom and so ever since they've been little it's been this battle to get up in the middle of the night because I'm afraid I won't see them because it's so dark that I might trip on them I might stumble and and so I, I have to turn my phone on if I'm really feeling proactive otherwise I just try to wing it in the dark and I have to tiptoe around this maze of bodies to get to the restroom and and if I and whoa, whoa, sometimes I'll spare their life of me crushing their head with my foot and it said crack my knee on my my the end of my footboard or whatever you call it. what do you call that wood thing at the bottom the footboard instead of the headboard the footboard I crack my knee on that and just do some more damage to my meniscus because I'm trying to spare my children because I can't see because it's dark 
there's no light. Without light, I can't see in the darkness. So then sometimes I pull out my phone, and this one time I was feeling a little bit bold, and I didn't pull out my phone, and don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, but whoever's watching, don't tell anybody. I accidentally kicked Kaylee right in the melon. That's the head, and as a dad, it doesn't feel good to kick your three-year-old at the time in the head because you think, oh, my God, what did I just do? I just kicked her. But you know what's so good about three-year-olds is that you kick them, they're just like, kink, kink. They stay asleep. They didn't feel nothing. They're like made of rubber. They're like Gumby. Who remembers Gumby? Eddie Murphy. Gumby. The kids are like Gumby. And man, I kicked her and I kicked her hard. It was not, it was not good. It was not good. I'm like, oh God, call 911. I started grabbing her and make sure she's okay. And she was out. So she woke up the next morning. I said, Does your neck hurt? Does anything hurt? No, fine. She's just fine. A little goofy as usual. So nothing out of the out of the norm, but had I had my light, I could have seen her. I tried to find my way without any light. And the light is what reveals what is in the dark. And until a light shines on our situation, we cannot see where we're going and we will stumble, we will fall, and we will find pain in a season that we are not shining a light on to expose what is in front of us. So in this third week, I want to talk about that in our Walk This Way series. As followers of Jesus, walking with God is something we are privileged to do. It's not, it's not a task or a job. It's a privilege, and it's often challenging but fulfilling at the same time. So what does our walk look like? when we've decided to follow Christ according to the scriptures. That's why we have this series. We talked about it's about being in unity with the body of Christ by the word of God in your life, actively showing. And we talked about it's, it's, it's treating others with love in all seasons. It's actively showing. And, and this week we're talking about light. What does it actually mean to be the light of the world? It sounds good. It sounds good to be the light of the world, but what does that mean in your week? How do I be the light of the world? I mean, it's hard enough to shine a light on my own situations and my own problem and my own darkness from my past than it is to shine my light on somebody else's darkness. What does it mean? Our walk's never going to stop having speed bumps as long as we're human. But with God, all things are possible. With God, we are able to exceed. Everybody say exceed. Touch your neighbor, tell them, we are able to exceed what is possible according to the world or the non-believer, the people who say it can't be done. God can do more than that and does often. As we become a new creation in Jesus Christ, we are no longer of this world, but are called, touch your neighbor, tell them, we are called to shine as lights in this world, exposing darkness, revealing God's kingdom. I want to look at Ephesians. Most of the series is based in the writings of Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. When you have it, just emoji, amen. Or type amen. Give me a thumbs up, something. Just say, present, like substitute teacher. Here, present, Bueller. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. It says, for you, he's talking about the light of the world, the body of Christ now. This is to the church who now has been born again. For you were once darkness, 
But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. As the Spirit of the Lord works through you, it is what discovers and reveals goodness, righteousness, truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. It's your interpreter to understand God and then give that away. Verse 11, it says, and have no fellowship. Everybody say, no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. What does light do? Light exposes darkness. What does light do? It exposes children laying in your floor that you can't see. And without a light to manifest what is in the dark, you can never see. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak. Oh, snap, guilty. It is shameful, he says, even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. He's talking about the sins of this world, the darkness of this world. It's a shame to even speak about that stuff. Don't go near it. Don't touch it. It's bad for you. It's going to hurt you. Don't go play with fire, Paul is saying. Because you will get burned. When you see something, I'm going to digress here for a minute. When you see something that nine times out of ten, it always produces a negative result, that's God's warning, God warning you, saying you probably shouldn't partake in that. It's not probably going to go well. You're not the exception to go change it. I'm telling you to stay clear of it as the light. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. You see, light is what exposes what is available, what is there, and what it is you're holding on to and hiding from yourself, from your family, and what you think you might be hiding from God, that he knows it's there. See, God is the light of the world. And whether we think we, we, can, we can withhold, I've done this, we can, God won't, God won't know about this. Oh man, what a fool I am to think I can hide this part of my life from God, that God only sees me on Sunday. No, God sees me every day. And man, until, until the light really shined in my life and I got honest with myself, I could never make manifest the problems that were holding me down like anchors to the bottom of the lake. He makes manifest that by the light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest, Paul says, is light. Verse 14, therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is deep. You might want to write it down or just make note of verse 14. Awake, you who sleep, Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You're dead until you have light. My title this morning is Walking in Light. Walking in Light. Christ's light in me is intended to do more than just fill me up. Is intended to reveal the mysteries of God to others. Christ's light in me, as I walk this way, as I walk unified by the loving, precious power of God's love in my life, I am to shine his light. And that light is to reveal the mystery of God to others. This little light of mine, 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. It don't have to be complicated for it to be a revelation. So how do we do that? How do we shine our light but not get in a place of darkness that we now have compromised our own walk? How do we do that? How do we shine our light in darkness without being in darkness ourselves all the time? Verse 11, remember he says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, we are called to expose, not judge, but expose by the power of God working through us, the darkness that surrounds us, the darkness that surrounds the invitations we get that we don't want to turn down because we don't want to offend somebody. But sometimes the most love you can show somebody is to say, I appreciate it, but I'm going to pass. But thank you. Love you still. You're my brother, you're my sister, whatever it is. He says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works. It doesn't say have no fellowship with people. It says have no fellowship with unfruitful works. If what they are doing is hurting my walk with God, then I am to not cross that line. So we are to be distinct but unified. Okay, pastor, how can we be unified if we're separated, distinct? I'm going to tell you. He says, but rather expose darkness. How do we unify but stay separated? There's places we can go to that are going to cause us to stumble. And so if we want to be with our friends, well, how do we do that without being isolated? Clubs, parties, nightclubs, wherever else. If there's things going on that are going to cause me to stumble, how do I shine my light on those people that I care about without dabbling so far deep that I'm now compromising my faith. If this situation hinders and promotes my ability to shine my light, I might not partake in it. I might show them different by being single. What's, how's that go? Creepy guy, creepy, creepy guy in the bar. I'm single and ready to mingle. Is that how the creepy guy does it with his creepy suit? Creepy leisure suit, Larry. See, I think that's written wrong. That we are to not. I'm single and ready to mingle. Ew. I'm to mingle by being single in isolation, in order to touch the darkness in your life and to shine my light on your situation, so that you may see that God has another way for you. Because I care about you, I'm going to pass. I'm going to single myself out. You know what leaders do? They're willing to single themselves out despite the pushback from the following crowd. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's hard to step out from the crowd and say, thank you, but I'm going to go a different way. And what you do by distinguishing yourself, by singling yourself out, you are mingling together God's goodness to draw those people closer to the light that exposes darkness they don't even want to begin with you don't have to judge them because God is already tilling their soil that's what's so good he does all the heavy lifting so we have to be distinct yet unified and leading draws people following others in what they do just makes you fall into their traps that they're they're trapped in also God is looking for every one of us 
to lead people to him. And sometimes that means stepping out despite the pushback and saying, appreciate it. I love you. I'm here to be there for you, but I'll pass. I don't want to compromise my faith. I used to get involved. It was really tough, especially before I was married. Because everywhere my friends went, I felt like compromised my faith. Because everywhere my friends went, except the gym, even sometimes that place. I said, God, I don't want to meet my wife this way, these places I'd get invited to. I want, I want to meet my wife somewhere else. I don't want to go somewhere that nine times out of ten, I leave with a negative feeling. That nine times out of ten, my friends are telling me stories about stuff they wish they had not done. I said, I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. And so it became very lonely in a culture, in time, in age, where that was socially the thing to do. It became a very lonely place. But God provided to me elsewhere. Y'all know the story. I ended up meeting my wife at the gym. How cool is that? How cool is that? I was working out, and she just couldn't stop staring at me. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't stop staring at her. I was the creepy guy mentioned earlier staring at her until she finally said, creepy guy, what do you want? I said, God said we should be together. And she said, okay. And that was it. We got married that day. And it's been, just kidding, just kidding. But in all truthfulness, it was tough because I had to distinguish myself in a different way, which provoked them to think about their life. I'd never said a word to my best friend. To, to my friends that would go do whatever. I never said anything except, I'm good, thanks. And that caused them to think, well, what is different? The difference is the light of God is shining, and we are called to be the difference, not blend in with everybody. That's how we draw people together and unify them by being distinguished and distinct. We need to connect with people for sure but we don't want to connect with what's hindering their walk. We don't want to go stumble with them. We want to show them how to quit stumbling. And so our walk with God, to walk in light, not only is to unify by being distinct and being a leader and being isolated on times, to, to, to let the light shine and expose something, show separation, to draw them closer to God, but the light in us that we are to walk with is always to only reveal truth. Truth. Walking in light is to always reveal truth. It says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all, the, the light of God shining through is the Spirit of God flowing through you. And it says in verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, it's in all righteousness and truth. So the Spirit flowing through you isn't deceptive. The spirit flowing through you isn't manipulative, strategic, crafty, shady, fake. It's honest. It's transparent. And it's willing to reveal truth no matter what the cost, no matter what the pushback. Remember he says in 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. He's saying anything that is out there must be exposed by the light. That's the only way it can be made manifest and revealed. And that means we have to love when it hurts. We have to be transparent when it creates a little bit of accountability. 
We have to be willing to let someone attain a relation with us in a friendship way without Bible thumping their heads off. What do I mean? If I love you, I don't want to put so much dogma in your life that I'm telling you you cannot obtain what I got. Because that's, that's of ourselves. That's not God's will. If I love you, what I'm trying to do as, a light, as the light of God shining through me is to expose a light that will be transparent enough to reveal the accountability they need to see, that we all need to see, and that it's very obtainable by the grace of God. It's attainable by the grace of God. By the grace of God, God gave me something. God gave you something. And so by the grace of God, we are to give away that also. And transparent love, that transparent light, it's it's attainable. It's not judging, it's revealing. We aren't judging, we give God's people. Well, they just judging me, saying they're better than me and all this stuff. No, not at all. We're here to give God's word. If you want God's word, we'll give it to you. We just want to serve God's word. We want to love you. Because we love you, we're going to give you God's word without condition. Because you need it just like we needed it. We still need it. We'll never stop needing God's word. And that's the difference between judging and revealing. I'm not telling you what's wrong with you. I'm not telling you you're bad and I'm good. What I'm doing is saying, look what God has done in my life. I don't even have to talk about it. It's just going to flow through me. And they're going to say, what is it about that person yes you your name what is it about them it's different it's the presence of God on their life in all things they do Mike Sebastian I can just give him a call out right now because the presence of God is so strong on his life that I know when he goes around people people are leaving the conversation going what is it about Mike I want that and that's the power of God on his life the same with his wife Christine the same with their children they are a perfect example of the power and anointing of God just submersing their life that the light just keeps pouring through them they don't have to preach it because it'll preach itself when it's good it'll preach itself all you got to do is be a vessel for the light to shine through you and that truth that honest raw cleansing powerful, life-bearing truth will draw people to you, to God. They really don't know it's God at first. They think it's you, and then you have to just remember, it's God that does a good work in me who wants to do a good work in you. I am called to shine his light. This is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ working through me. I will come to you, says the Lord. He, I, we talk about it because today is the day of Pentecost. He said the comforter will come to you. I will not leave you parentless. And in two sentences later, he says, I will come to you. He says, my spirit that gives me life right now will come back to you to take over my body, to be my body. You need my DNA. And so he says, I will come to you. I will not leave you parentless because without me you can do nothing of yourself so it is the spirit that draws people through me through you God gives me the strength God is the strength working through me you can clap for that you can clap for that it's good we need to hear the word sometimes we need to hear the word some people don't want the truth they just want you to accept their actions and it's not okay 
You'll never find me saying, it's okay. I'm going to tell you, right, because I love you. If, you. if you ask me something, I'm going to say, this is what I know of the Bible. And I love you, so I'd be wrong to not share it with you. It's not okay. I don't necessarily agree with what you're doing with your life, but I love you because God loves me and God loves you and we are all his children. I'm going to shine my light in a way that lets you know that this love is different. This love is beyond the boundaries of the human mind. This love is different. And I am here to tell you that I love you and I'll be there for you. We don't have to accept the sin to love the sinner as those walking in the light. Because Christ's light in us is intended to reveal the mysteries of God to the world. We love people, but we can't love sin as God's children. We can't promote sin. It's not biblical. It's anti Great commission. We are to reach those who are lost, to draw them to the life-bearing gift of regeneration that God so offered his children. We are not to promote the world, but to draw them to God. In this approach of shining this light, it can be done with love, or it can be done in other ways, which is not received well. It has to be given gently, so it can be actually received. You know, you can, you can preach all day in someone's ear, but if they're not hearing you, they're not receiving what you're saying, it's just bouncing off. It's just bouncing off. We don't need to be aggressive. We don't need to force feed people. We can speak volumes with our actions without ever preaching a word. I think the most powerful preaching is the active life you demonstrate. Whether you ever say anything about God or not, I think it's in the nature of man to know there is a God who loves them and that that God is working it through that person that I see is different. And that's gonna touch them in a way that's gonna make them ask questions even more. You don't have to data dump all your information in them, show them how much Bible knowledge you have. Let them come to you. Love them so much in a different way that they are drawn to you to ask more and they will open the door to receive the word that God has put in your heart to give them and then it will stick in the soil <laughs> I remember um, see some of y'all think I'm bad when I like Facebook message you hey what's going on because I miss y'all that's actually because I miss y'all if you're not at church but that's nothing like I used to some of the churches I'd go to when I was a kid I remember one church I went to in my 20s and I went one time and this girl, she was probably my age. And um, how do I say this? See, sometimes people get so excited at the change God has done for them that they want to give that to you so badly that they can come at you the wrong way. So what, their intention is good, but their approach is wrong. And so what she would do, I didn't even know her last name. I met her one time and she called, she got my phone number somehow. And that's back before we had, I didn't even have a cell phone. She was calling my landline because I knew better than to put that cell phone on that connection card. You can all do that at one seat church. We'll never do that. But at this church, I knew better than to put that cell phone on the connection card because I said, someone's going to blow me up if I miss church. And it wasn't sure enough the next Sunday. Hey, wh wh where were you? You weren't at church. Didn't see you at church. And so I'm like, oh man, that's kind of, that's kind of aggressive. And I grew up in this and I still know that don't feel right and so so then the next week come and uh, where were you you weren't at church it was very aggressive and I was like man leave me alone I know you care but if I was a new person I'd never come back because I don't understand that your approach is actually doing the opposite of what you desire it to do 
It was aggressive. It was harsh. Don't call me over and over. That makes me think that you're annoying. <laughs> I don't want to be around that. So that's not how we shine the light. By forcing it down someone's throat. We are to shine it gently. So now next time y'all get a message from me on Facebook, don't, don't block me or anything like that. It's because I do love you and we miss you and we do care about you, but we want to be gentle in all our communication as the light of the world. WWJD, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus do it? As the light, we get to shine God's grace. We get to, we are privileged to shine God's grace on darkness. We are like the smartphone in the bedroom on sleep overnight. We get to shine God's grace on darkness. God's children are rare. I don't mean to get all dark on y'all, but the Bible does say the path to destruction is wide and the path to glory is narrow. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, on and on. The body of Christ is rare in the mass vicinity of the populated world. And so it's natural that we are to be different because we are rare by the power of God in our life. And I was talking to Michelle yesterday. I said rare, and she already knows where I'm going with this. That's because we're yin and yang. We're like one. And I was talking to her on the drive home from the lake. Yeah, we, went, we, we didn't go in public. Don't worry. I don't want to hear about it. We didn't do nothing. We're in isolation. Don't worry. No corona for us. Um, we're driving home, and we're talking about something, and I was just saying, yeah, you know, like when I met you, we were together every day from day one, and something, and I don't remember. She says, yeah, you're my unicorn. I said, what'd you call me? You call me a unicorn? What are you, a giraffe? What? She says, you're my unicorn. I said, what? does that mean? She says, you know, you never heard that? I said, no. So I Googled it. I said, Google, what does it mean to be someone's unicorn? And it says a rare find, the perfect match, um, rare, not the typical, once in a lifetime. So not only was that awesome because I'm Michelle's unicorn. After 13 years, that touched me. But God wants you to be his unicorn as those shining the light of the gospel to the world we have to show a separation to know that there's something more the world needs God wants you to be rare compared to the world's ways remember we are in the world but not of it when we become new we are now born of him we are in the world but not of it and he wants us to be a unicorn for his glory, rare, a perfect match, once in a lifetime to go be something special according to the purpose he has bestowed upon your life. You are to be rare and different to lead others in a dark and lonely place that they're so desperately trying to get out of. We have the spirit we can endure. We are empowered by the Spirit. Go wait to be endued with power before you go out into the world, he told the apostles. Hence, 
the outpouring on the day of Pentecost. Remember today, church, that the source of our strength to endure through anything on this earth and into eternity is not, out of, not of ourselves, but of God working through us. The church of God speaks peace and tribulation. They don't throw gas on fires. They diffuse wars with words. The power of death and life are in the tongue. The words have, I'm paraphrasing this. The tongue breaketh bones. You can damage or you can heal with what you say. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become, become the sons and daughters of God. The peacemakers, the diffusers, despite the situation. I can talk about it without being aggressive. I can talk about it without throwing gasoline on the fire. I can talk about it by remembering how to act and walk in light in all seasons. When we expose darkness by the light of God working through us, we are actually exposing it by the attributes of his character because it's him. So as we expose darkness around us by him shining through us, we are revealing God's character. That's good. That's good. What is different about them? It's because God's character is all over you. What he designed for you to be is all over you. And now they can come closer to God because you were a vessel to shine God's character to them. That light in me, that light in you is intended to reveal the mysteries of God to the world. If y'all could stand with me this morning, I'm going to tell you one other funny story here walking in light welcomes people always always if you don't have a church you don't know Jesus you want to know something about God and the plan he has from your life come to one seat church because your family when you walk in the doors it's not just a good Google ad sub description for SEO purposes we mean it your family, when you walk in the door, am I going to tell you everything you, if you ask me, am I going to tell you everything that you want to hear? No, I'm going to be honest with you because I love you. You're a family and family is honest with each other, but we never stop loving and giving the light. That will shake the soul of those fighting darkness. When they feel that in such a corrupt and selfish world, when they feel that family dinner type love. You know the kind of dinner you throw stuff at your brother or sister because they irritate you because you actually love them. You know, sometimes there's bickering in the family. Sometimes there's, 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 there's disgruntledness in the family. It's because you actually love them. And if anybody mess with your family, what are you going to do? You're going to protect them because you love them. And that kind of love shakes the souls of those fighting against the darkness. That's what the light of God does. That's what the Spirit of God does. It penetrates the, the darkest rooms in a genuine and simple gesture will reach far greater than a, an exhaustive exhortation of theology that you have in your melon that no one wants to hear about. They simply want to know that you care about them is what they really want. 
that's going to root deeper. And God will awaken those sleeping against his calling. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you that light. I was going to tell you this quick story as we, as we wrap up week three. Is I've been going through this battle with Colton. He's seven, going on 18. And he's got this thing where he wants to always tell you what he thinks, no matter what, no matter what. And I'm not the most patient person, but this has been stretching and pruning me as a dad, as a man. And so we're in this season right now where he, whether he's right or wrong with his brothers or sisters, he wants to make sure he tells you, well, dad, I'm going to tell you what. I said, no, no. I just, I just keep cutting. I mean, you ought to see us. It looks like a reality show. For real. I don't give him the chance to force that habit to stick around. I'm trying to teach him that you don't need to tell me what you think, son. I already know. I'll take care of them. You just tell me what's on your heart, and if there's a problem, Dad'll take care of it. You don't need to tell me what you think I need to do and what you think. Sometimes people don't really want to know what you think. They just want you to love them. They just want you to love them. Sometimes they look like they're asking you for input. They really just want you to listen. That is how you give input in certain seasons. You just love them because God will start doing something and draw the opportunity for conversation. God will awaken those sleeping against his calling. And so Colton's been really good. I had to take away everything the kid owned to get his attention because he's so strong-willed. But I said, son, listen, you've got to understand that my voice in my way is bigger and better than your way at seven years old. And you've got to trust me. And until you quit challenging me, I can tell that you don't trust me over your judgment until you seize. Peace, be still, see. I know that you are not submitting to your father's way. I leave you with that. God, we come to you right now. Pentecost Sunday. Thank you for being the Passover lamb that the blood of your sacrifice may make atonement for the sins in our dark seasons that now we may be the light of the world living in the resurrection that you gave us. It's a gift and you give good gifts to your children. You're not going to give a stone to those who call on your name. You're going to give the gift of life to those who call God. And we are so thankful that no matter how many times we've messed up, how many times we've gone black on you, God, we've gone dark on you, God, we've fallen back to that season, God, that you never left us that you never removed the promise of your goodness from our life. You never removed the purpose 
from our life. You never removed the plan that will still be there as long as I'm willing to step towards it. You never took it away from me, God. All I did was punish myself when all I had to do was say, your ways are greater. I no longer am trying to correct everybody else and trying to tell you what to do, God. I'm trying to live according to your will. And that's it. As long as I can get that, if I can just live according to your will, you will take care of the rest. God, keep peace on this house. Keep peace on our week. Keep peace on this nation, God. Let us remember that blessed are the peacemakers. They are the sons and daughters of God. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, amen.